0: Uh, The reading of the Scriptures uh, from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. I invite your uh, reverent hearing of God's Word uh, from Acts 5. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. and they were all healed. Uh, every
1: day, the uh, Spirit of God, obviously unseen, uh, bestows upon us uh, kingdom uh, blessings in uh, eschatological fulfillment. Uh, the, the age of the Spirit is the age of the end times. And uh, we know certainly in the book of Acts, uh, the Spirit has come, and uh, He brings blessings. Uh, I'm very fond of that verse in Ephesians 1, uh, great blessings upon Christ, because uh, in Christ and in the heavenlies, we have every spiritual blessing. Uh, and uh, they, are, uh, they are free uh, because uh, the Son bore the cost, uh, paid the penalty. And so again, the Spirit rains blessings upon us. And this morning, the apostles manifest the uh, evidence of the Spirit's blessings uh, and his presence in uh, miraculous power. Uh, we, uh, we begin with looking uh, at the kingdom blessings are announced and validated by the signs and wonders at the hands of the apostles, first part of, of uh, verse 12. Uh, at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place uh, among the peoples. Uh, it's my own conviction uh, that these uh, miraculous uh, outpourings are clustered around the sun. Of course, uh, we uh, uh, can see that on uh, the day of the crucifixion, uh, great cosmic uh, events occurred. Uh, we see it uh, in uh, Acts chapter two, verse nineteen, in the coming, uh, the coming of the Spirit. Uh, I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath. Uh, again, the coming of the Spirit, uh, this cluster of these great signs. Uh, they're also seen, of course, at the hands of the apostles. Uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 43. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Uh, we need to, uh, to recover, of course, the reality Uh, that they are taking place uh, because uh, we are are in Christ. Uh, There are no kingdom uh, blessings uh, for those who are outside of Christ. And the cosmic signs indicate the beginning fulfillment of uh, the end-time blessings uh, of God in a new order. Uh, And the new order, of course, is that all men without distinction are the sons of God by faith in Christ. And so the blessings that are poured out upon us every day uh, are because we have faith in Christ. Uh, there's no gender, age, status, distinction. Just one name, the name of Jesus. A beautiful reminder of this uh, in my own mind uh, in uh, Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Uh, the Son is being praised. Uh, thou were slain and didst purchase... For God with thy blood, men from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and thou hast made them to be kingdom priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. It's a profound kingdom blessing based upon the Lord Lord Christ. One of the great reminders to us in, in Christ that there are no distinctions is uh, think about what that means for the unity of the church, contrasted to the incredible disunity in our own culture. Uh, Christ uh, makes us uh, his, his king priest, and we reign upon the earth, uh, unified as uh, the one people of God. Uh, and that means that the kingdom blessings forge uh, an uncommon unity been something of a theme in these initial chapters, the book of Acts, but they're going to continue through the rest of the book. Uh, Latter part of verse 12 uh, reads, they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. Again, think about that in terms of uh, uh, the disunity that's uh, everywhere in our culture. Uh, The people of God here in Acts 5 were with one accord. How can that be? Well, it can't be, save for the work of the Son and the Spirit. They make it happen. Uh, They bring incredible diversity together in one accord. Uh, A reminder uh, that we should uh, act like what we were made by the presence of Son and Spirit. Uh, The uh, the verb here, interestingly enough, has a durative force speaking to continuity. Uh, In other words, this isn't a momentary or a stuttered event. This is a continual event. They were with one accord. Continuity in the church, the unity of the church, an uncommon unity forged by the Spirit of God. Uh, Men can't make that happen. The Spirit does. The context, of course, is, I think, uh, powerfully illuminating uh, to this end. Uh, Think back uh, two weeks, if you would, uh, when I was last here, uh, Ananias and Sapphira were an internal threat to unity, an internal threat, the most dangerous kind, a threat from within. The Spirit violently expels them from the congregation, the Spirit at work, forging an uncommon unity in the grace of God. And the unity engages subordination to the greater interest of the kingdom of God, uh, including a lack of fear of the religious authorities who are beginning to persecute the church, uh, to intimidate them, to divide them, to cause them to go away. They're not going away. In fact, that will only intensify. Their presence will increase. A beautiful reminder of this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Paul says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. He wants unity in his church. The joy that comes from that. Maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose. One purpose, not many one. Do nothing from selfishness, but let each one of you regard one another as more important than himself. Uh, again, that's the theology of uh, the reality of the gathering of the church that were with one accord. Uh, and the, the, the unity is in contrast to the Jews who were fearful of joining them uh, because of the Sanhedrin, verse 13. Uh, religious authorities were an intimidating prospect. They had. Uh, They had killed Jesus. Uh, And guess what? They're going to kill again. Uh, Not too many chapters distant from this one. Uh, And that happens all over the world. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I asked you to pray for the religious prisoners in North Korean prison camps. How would you like to be a Christian in a North Korean prison camp? The grace of God will see them through, but we ought to pray for them that the Spirit would forge within their hearts an uncommon unity, which is what the Spirit does. Uh, You know, by the way, it's very interesting to me when you look at uh, uh, the history of uh, churches uh, for hundreds of years. Uh, In my own mind, uh, when you come to the Reformed Church, uh, whether it be congregational, a Presbyterian, uh, Baptist, there is a profound theological unity in the Reformed churches. They are one. And how does that happen? The Spirit of God. Spirit of God. And it is uh, based upon the work of the Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, there is one body, one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So we ought to be one because the Trinity is one and the Trinity makes us one. There's only one body. One faith. It's reminding to us that our unity is forged uh, by the great Trinitarian God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, so that this blessing of uncommon unity uh, is, is based upon the work of God. It's the only way it could occur. Men can't forge this. Uh, it's forged only by the power of the Spirit. Here, of course, it's, uh, it's occurring Uh, the life of uh, the apostolic church. In verse 14, the kingdom uh, blessings engage numeric advance. Again, another theme that we'll trace to the rest of the book of Acts. The church will grow and grow. uh, uh, Not too distant from this chapter, it will break out of Jerusalem. uh, Begin uh, the march to the ends of the earth. Uh, Still occurring in our day. Based upon what? Kingdom blessings affected by the Spirit so that we're shifting away from 12 uh, to many uh, in, uh, in successive leaps. I mean, let's look back to chapter 2 and verse 41. So then, those who had received His Word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Uh, now my favorite verse, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Uh, My favorite phrase in that verse uh, is the Lord was adding to their number. The church uh, should should be very careful about adding to the number. uh, Particularly in using uh, the means of the world. Uh, Because if you use the means of the world, you're going to create a crowd, not a church. The Lord makes uh, uh, His people, adds to the church. Uh, I'm not unmindful He uses means. Of course He uses means. Uh, But that's why we should be very careful uh, in uh, the right use of means. uh, Lest we add to the church uh, and, uh, and violate it. But the sovereign Lord adding to the church numeric advance Kingdom blessings. Uh, it's a product in terms of uh, review of many factors, uh, knowledge, knowledge of the resurrection, an essential truth that Christ physically rose uh, from the dead. Uh, it's an assent. Uh, it it believes that it apprehends it. It has a conviction uh, that it's true. And not only the conviction that it's true, but it's a faith that relies upon that truth. Uh, that we trust it. We assent to it. We rely upon it. Uh, but if you look at verse uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 14, uh, just to stress uh, an essential phrase, and all the more, believers in the Lord. Multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. The prepositional phrase, in the Lord. uh, That has to be the focus. Uh, If they're added any other way, uh, error will be introduced into the church. Uh, Men are prone to want crowds. Uh, They have to be in the Lord. The Lord has to add them. And when he adds, it's always going to be in the Lord. There's no one else. There's no place else. Again, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. If it's any other name, uh, the progressiveness that comes into the church and our own culture uh, is a very sinister force. Uh, Because if uh, names are added to church roles and they're not in the Lord, You're only playing church. Uh, It's reminded to each of us the importance of the Gospel. uh, That we must be in the Lord Jesus Christ. The other essential, of course, is grace. The Spirit is sovereignly saving. He's the cause of the church disregarding the fear of the Sanhedrin and believing in the Lord. Uh, Behind it all, there's numeric advance. It's a physical advance, but it's a spiritual advance because of the sovereignty of the Spirit of God. And think about that for a moment. Uh, Well-worn verse. Uh, Gospel of of John. Chapter 1, verse 13. Who were born not of of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. So how were we born again? The Spirit of God. John 3, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the will of the man is simply the product of the will of the man. But we only be birthed by the will of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so the Spirit in uncommon blessing is forging an uncommon unity. Application that should be present at Grace Bible Church. In the Lord. A very powerful reminder of this from the theology of the Apostle Paul. Titus chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, outpouring Acts chapter 2, occurring all of the time in kingdom blessings. The Spirit being poured out because of the riches of the mercies of God in Jesus Christ. It's uh, a reminder uh, of uh, the importance uh, of the grace of God. The theology of that, of course, is that we owe our faith to the new birth. Uh, the Spirit uh, regenerates us. And the product is we have faith and trust in the Lord. A uh, couple of verses to this effect. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Paul says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake Notice granted, given. God's giving has been granted to you for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Your believing in Christ was the fact that it was granted to you. And uh, we will pick up the uh, theology of suffering. Of course, it will occur uh, not too many chapters uh, uh, from where we are this morning. Uh, It's granted also to us to suffer. It's one of the reasons in terms of application we should pray for the church uh, in dangerous lands like North Korea, uh, China, Saudi Arabia. And who knows, but by the grace of God, perhaps someday in America. I don't claim to know what the future holds, but I know in some manner or form uh, we will undergo times of uh, uh, trials in the faith. Uh, God grants it. Uh, he also grants the Spirit to keep and to preserve us. A great kingdom blessing. Because all of us, in times of testing, would fall away if it were not a gracious Spirit uh, renewing and recharging us for the glory of Christ. Uh, of course, another verse, 1 John 5.1 Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ was born of God birthed, born again, the product, we believe that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, So the blessings of uncommon unity, uh, the blessings of the new birth, uh, how grand can it be? Uh, That's as grand as it can get, but uh, the blessings don't end there. Uh, The kingdom blessings, uh, verse 15, begin to attract others. Uh, news of what's going on begins to spread locally. Uh, now contextually, uh, the uh, uh, the genesis of this, if you recall, is the healing of a forty-year-old lame man. It comes to faith. That word gets out. Uh, Providence of God, God heals him. Uh, But again, it it includes the uncommon unity of the church. uh, The judgment upon Ananias and Sapphira and certainly the numeric advance. Uh, That one of the things by application that ought to be attractive to people, say for example, that look at Grace Bible Church, is uh, that we're one in our faith, one in Christ. Uh, In a larger sense, uh, I think there was also prophetic expectation. Uh, The Old Testament prophets uh, foretell a time of the coming of the Spirit. That happened in Acts 2. And uh, uh, great, great expectation. Uh, One of my uh, favorite verses to this end uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 51, uh, in verse in verse three. Indeed, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, her wilderness. He will make like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving in the sound of a melody. In a spiritual sense, uh, that's occurring. These initial chapters and will continue to occur. That the spiritual blessings of Eden have begun. You think, for example, the Garden of Eden. Uh, Adam walked with God in fellowship with him unhindered until the fall. Now that's been restored by the coming of Christ and the work of the Spirit. We're in fellowship with God. What a blessing! What a blessing to be in fellowship with God, to walk with Him in fellowship. Not only to be in uncommon unity as a church, one body, to be, to be in fellowship with the eternal, holy God of heaven. Yeah. Again, we don't think in terms of the blessings of Eden having begun, but they have. Because as Adam walked with God, we too walk in fellowship with God because of the work of God the Son. Incredible blessing. Uh, The result here in Acts 5 is that uh, people uh, carry their sick uh, and place them on cots and pallets out in the streets uh, in order uh, for the express purpose of exposing them to the shadow of Peter. So that when Peter came by, perhaps if the sun is just right, his his shadow might fall upon them and and they they would be healed. And all of these aforementioned events uh, create uh, a great expectation of of blessing. It's like we should have an expectation of blessing from the Word uh, every time we read it in our private devotions or our Bible studies, and certainly when we gather as the body of Christ because of the presence of the Spirit. Greatest eschatological event uh, notwithstanding of the coming of the Son of God, uh, blessing that accrues. And And I think we see uh, a measure of this in our Texas morning uh, in the word shadow, uh, and the the word group that surrounds uh, this word. It's used here in a uh, compound verb. Uh, but it's also used, same verb that's used in Acts 5. Uh, it's used of the divine presence resting upon the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 40, verse 35, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Let me read it to you. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of the meeting because the cloud had settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The shadow of the presence of God rested upon the tabernacle in divine blessing. Uh, it's the same uh, verb that's used in Luke chapter 1, verse 35: of the power of God overshadowing Mary. Uh, the Holy Spirit, the angel says, will come upon you, speaking to Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The shadow of God crossed over Mary and she was with child. Gave birth uh, to Jesus. The presence of God in a powerful way. Uh, It's the same verb that's used of uh, the overshadowing of Peter, James, and John at the transfiguration in Matthew 17.5. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Because God was present. Speaking about his son. The, uh, the uses of this word group in the verses uh, I have uh, just read is this compound verb. The simplex verb, very interestingly enough, is uh, used in uh, Daniel uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 10 to 12. You have your Old Testament. Turn to Daniel chapter four. Let's read uh, uh, verses uh, ten to twelve. Daniel four, verses ten to twelve. Uh, the context is uh, emperor has a dream, and David's going to interpret. Uh, pardon me, Daniel's going to interpret the dream for him. Now these were the visions in my mind as I lay on on my bed. I was looking, behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached into the sky. It was visible to the ends of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all, and the beasts of the field found shade under it. And the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all the living creatures fed themselves from it. Uh, The tree here uh, is about the emperor and his kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian emperor. was most likely a counterfeit tree and an imitation of the trees of Eden. Because that's a way of man. They're always trying to copy the work of God and uh, pass it off as something true when you and I know it's false because men can't copy the things of God. God doesn't need the copies of men. But that's the dream, Nebuchadnezzar. And the emperor, because of what this tree means, becomes uh, proud of himself. This great tree and people come to find shade under my tree and come to find food and safety. My, how special I am. Daniel calls upon him to repent. He does not. And so in verse 14, Daniel chapter 4, an angelic watcher descends from heaven and says, cut the tree down. Strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. Why? Because of the pride of the emperor. These were matters that God causes and not man. Again, I'm not unmindful that men use means, uh, but behind even the means is the power and the grace of God. Uh, the point of the success for the emperor—he he finally repents, of course. But verse 37: You better exalt and praise God, the King of Heaven. For all his works are true and just and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Guess who he humbled? He humbled Nebuchadnezzar. He cut his tree down. Let me give you an illustration of this in our recent events. I kind of weird. I watched the State of the Union address. and The President of the United States was extolling a number of great things that have happened in terms of employment, people getting jobs, and a number of blessings. Behind the president, as you know, was Speaker of the House and the Vice President. I was struck when the camera captured the inscription of the words above all three of them. You know what those words are? In God we trust. Behind all of the blessings of our country and, and thankful we are, is the grace of a living God. And uh, he blesses. I'm not unmindful that he also curses, but certainly blessings were being installed in God we trust. The great blessings of God showered upon humanity uh, for those who trust in God. So, illustration from uh, my own Past a, a number of years ago, I was uh panhandle of Florida going to a school at uh, uh fairly small Air Force base entitled Herbert Field, and just so happened to be Mardi Gras. Oh, you know, Bauer sox and his wife. I've I've never seen Mardi Gras up close, so we go somewhere and there's a Mardi Gras parade. I do really get all that, but, you know, it's a big deal for a lot of people. And so in this parade, what do they do? They're tossing out trinkets, moon pies. My, what a blessing is a moon pie. I don't, I think I, maybe I've only had one in my life and I continue to shun it the rest of my life, but people are grabbing up the moon pies. What a picture of the world wanting the trinkets of the parade, wanting the moon pies of the world, and you and I have the greatness of the majesty of the Lord God in the Spirit. It gets no better than that. So that God is the point of these great blessings. Uh, very interesting that uh, Jesus... Uh, You'll turn to Matthew chapter 13, quotes Daniel 4 in one of his parables, and that parable is Matthew chapter 13. And it contains this notion of the shadow word group that we have been speaking to. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, a parable of Jesus. It's a parable about the kingdom of heaven that's different from the trees of the gardens of Babylon. That's Mardi Gras. Matthew 13, verses 31-32. to Parable of the mustard seed. He presented another parable to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. It's smaller than all the other seed, but when it is full grown, it's larger than the garden plants. It becomes a tree. Here's the quotation from Daniel 4. So that the birds of the air Come and nest in its branches, that come to seek shade under the shadow of the tree, in terms of the contextual carryover from Daniel 4. In other words, the greater fulfillment of the kingdom of man is in the kingdom of God, who gives true blessings. It appears, the mustard seed appears small. You look at a mustard, I'm, I've never, i confess to you, I'm not in agriculture take it by faith in the Word of God, the mustard seed, one of the tiniest of all the seeds. Seemingly small and insignificant. People are not impressed with what's small and insignificant. You've got to be very careful about what they reject. The company of Jesus was pretty small, pretty insignificant. Boy, if you count blessings based upon that, you're in a bad way. Twelve apostles, pretty small and insignificant. If you're looking for numbers, be very careful. More often than not, God begins very small, very insignificant, to debase the pride of man like He has uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Small and insignificant, but it will overtake the kingdom of man and destroy it. And it's this kingdom that's the source of life and spiritual blessings. The uh, work of the Spirit. What a great reminder the way God works. Uh, By and large, we want to see massive crowds. How many cars in your parking lot? No. What kind of cars in your parking lot? Maybe. Be very careful. God more often than not works like He does in the mustard seed that grows and overtakes true spiritual blessings. Uh, It's a beautiful expression of this. You want to turn in your Old Testament to Ezekiel chapter 17. Uh, Again, the shadow word group created by trees and foliage and mustard seeds. Ezekiel 17. I'm going to read verses 22 to 24. Thus says the Lord God, I shall also take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and set it out. I shall pluck from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one. And I shall plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the high mountain of Israel I shall plant it, that it may bring forth boughs and bear fruit and become a stately cedar. And the birds of every kind will nest under it, and they will nest in the shade of its branches. And all the trees of the field will know that I am the Lord. I bring down the high tree. Exalt the low tree. Dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord. I have spoken. I'll perform it. Flies in the face of human pride. We think we build something that's stately and majestic. Why? In a few short decades, it's nothing. Whatever name is upon it will be forgotten. Blown away by the wind. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever, the prophet tells us. God plants a a tree and makes it grow by his grace and by his power. And he takes what is stately and what men boast in, and he chops them down. That's the point of Daniel 4. The majesty of God. We should... We should understand the ways of God. Uh, we should check our pride at the door. We should look for His work, the presence of the Spirit, word and truth, power. Uh, because that is where the blessings of God are. And that people come to His tree uh, to rest under its shade, to be strengthened, to receive the blessings of His tree and fruit. Uh, Because that is the way of God. So the result of the apostolic ministry causes the people to bring the sick to find comfort and healing under the shade of the kingdom of God proclaimed by the apostles. It's the blessing of ultimate healing and resurrection. Again, I remind you that the Uh, Edenic blessings have begun in Jesus spiritually. We have fellowship with God. And they will continue. They will continue. The incredible showering of spiritual blessing. I remind you that uh, contextually we are geographically confined to Jerusalem, uh, but uh, this is about to change as the kingdom advances. Uh, and the news uh, uh, spreads beyond the, the city, Acts 5.16. And also the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together bringing people who were all sick or afflicted with unclean spirits and they were all being healed. It's parallel to the geographic expansion of the ministry of Christ who was healing, people would flock to Him because of that. Uh, it's also parallel, very interesting, in Acts chapter 19. A beautiful expression of uh, the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Acts 19, verses 11-12, And God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that uh, handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. It's like uh, the woman who touches the hem of the, garden, of the garment of Jesus. Powerful blessings. And all of this is an illustration that the hopes of mankind are ultimately fulfilled in the blessings of the kingdom of God. You miss that for the stately trees of human culture. You will know only ruin and devastation because it's simply a mirage that will one day be blown away because the grass will wither and the flower will fade. that true health, safety, security, and spiritual provisions are in God. They're in God. I'm very uh, fond of uh, of, uh, Psalm 91 because it uses this shadow uh, word group that breaks upon all of us in our faith in Christ. Psalm 91, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. When you come to Christ, the shadow of God is cast upon you, meaning the presence of God with you throughout all of your life. will never leave you, never forsake you, because you've come to God. You'll abide in the shadow of the Almighty God. Now, the word Almighty could be translated that He's the King of the mountain, or He is the entirety of the sufficiency of every blessing. Regardless, both theologies apply to the one true God. You, if you're a Christian, you've trusted Christ, you abide in the shadow of the Almighty. If you're not a Christian, what a compelling reason to flee. Because there is no safety in the trees of men. The trees that are outside of the Garden of Eden will all be blown away and blown down. Ultimately cut down like Nebuchadnezzar is cut down. Uh, you know, there's, there's also the appeal from this shadow word group that comes from, uh, from God Himself at the transfiguration. This is my beloved Son. Hear, hear Him. If you're not a Christian, hear Jesus. Hear about what He's done. Hear about who you are absent Him. And uh, sue God for peace and joy and fellowship in the blood of Christ. Because eventually, eventually the trees of this world will all be cut down. And the trees of the Garden of Eden will come full focus. Majesty of God. And just one voice to listen to for meaning, purpose, and everlasting blessings. It is a reminder that I believe in the church in the present day that these These blessings, sometimes they're physical. I understand God heals people. We pray for healing all the time. Uh, But uh, more often than not, they're more powerfully spiritual. Uh, People are saved. There's uncommon unity in the church. The great blessings of the new birth. The great blessings of the Word of God. The great blessings of the Spirit. Uh, And one day, what will come into sharper focus is the Total, absolute, physical reality. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We shall be changed. Paul cites that two times. We shall be changed. Our mortal bodies resurrected, like the resurrected uh, King Jesus, totally changed. Wrung inside out. Glory, not overshadowing, but totally changing us. We'll wear it forever and ever, world without end. My friend, that's a kingdom blessing. We wait for glory. The world is really so many Mardi Gras trinkets and moon pies, costumes, bands. We follow a different trumpet. Jesus, spirit, safe passage to a visible kingdom of eternal glory world without end.